you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's raising the vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please find us at LiveParanormal.com and all of our affiliates, which includes iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. There are more than I'm not mentioning. Go and find us at all of those places. So thrilled to be a part of Live Paranormal's family, and the iHeartRadio family, and just all the family, all the things. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in L.A. I'm a performing artist and... This is Raising the Vibration, the first outreach of a nonprofit movement, RaisingTheVibration.org, that I founded in 2016 after my mom's passing to really raise the peace and love and kindness and unity on the earth as was her wish. This radio show is all of those things, but it's also about ascension, evolvement, inspiration, and love. So what are you doing to raise your own vibration? How is that leading to your overall involvement? And then how are you taking both of those things, using it to inspire others, and how much love are you throwing into the world? This show combines people I love and respect from my entertainment life, from my spiritual life, from my world of give back life, and we talk about passion and service, and most importantly, what are you doing to make the world a better place? And are you asking yourself that on a regular basis? How are you growing, evolving, and what are you doing to make the world a better place? My guest today is an, is an event photographer, former karaoke cult leader, an entrepreneur, and a host of a wonderful show that I was thrilled to be a guest on last week, A Funny Way of Looking. Uh, please welcome to the show my new best friend, so wonderful. Uh, Michael Jackson is here. Michael, it's so wonderful to have you here. I'm so honored to have you on the show, and I think you are absolutely fantastic. Welcome. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. I am sitting uh, in my chair straight up just laughing and giggling that I get to talk with you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're here. That's great. Uh, I was just thinking today, let's, we're going to take a total left turn and talk about karaoke. Oh, my God, I yes. Was a, I, was, I was a musical theater major. I fronted a band for 20 years. I'm deathly terrified to sing karaoke. I was in choirs, but I just feel like, why, why would I get up in front of people and sing if there's no real reason? You so know I what? decided it, one it, of my... Yeah, it, it, it's an amazing experience I, to get up in front of people and do karaoke. Yeah, I've decided that this has been kind of a, a, a next phase spiritual awakening year for me. And so one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to get a karaoke machine and I'm going to practice singing songs and get my voice back in shape because my voice has not been great since I had COVID. 
and uh, and just go out and sing some karaoke and make it my new hobby. How about that? And here you are, a former karaoke cult leader. Do, do you know what's so interesting? When I started doing karaoke, I was in Chicago, right? And I didn't do karaoke. I was, like, terrified to get up and sing. And the funny thing is, you know, I, I kind of sang, like, you know, I sing in, like, the in the church youth groups and stuff like that, but yeah. never, ever, ever did a solo, right? <laughs> so I got, I um, would go with my friend, Todd. We'd always go out with all of our friends, and everybody else would go sing karaoke, and we knew that by the time we got back from playing pool, they would all be, you know, kind of drunk and wouldn't be forcing us to get up on stage and actually do anything. <laughs> so uh, the only way I got into karaoke was because one day, the karaoke host was sick and didn't show up, and they knew that I didn't sing, so they said, Michael, can you just get up there and start doing the karaoke and, like, calling people up? And I'm like, never done it, but, yep, let's do it. <laughs> so I got up there on stage, and, um, you know, it, one thing led to another. So that, that weekend they said, hey, can you come do a weekend show? Uh, we've got people that want to do karaoke but no host. And I'm like, sure. So that led, one thing led to another. And literally I was out one day at a, uh, a big bar in Chicago, and I was looking at their stage. It was completely empty, and I said, hmm, you know what? We could do karaoke here. <laughs> and by this time, I actually had my own equipment and my own disc at the time, and I went and said, hey, can we do some karaoke here? And they said, okay, we can try it. We're not doing anything else on blah, blah, blah night, whatever night it was I was doing. And so we got up there, and literally within, I don't know, a couple months, I had a hundreds of people that were following me around doing karaoke and I ended up with a couple thousand people that just followed me around doing karaoke. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? And it's such a nice relief for people. It's so fun. It is. And you know, the thing about the karaoke cult, uh and you can still you can still find videos of it because I did like a couple of T V like episodes for it and stuff like that. But the fun thing about it was and this is this is you you mentioned in the uh, preamble to the show and everything that you want to help people do stuff, right? And I have to say, one of my goals in life really is to help people. Um, I remember when, before I got up there, I was terrified to get up and actually do karaoke for people, right? And I didn't want to sing. I thought people were, were listening, and it's like, yeah, nobody was listening. Um, but my goal with the karaoke cult was twofold. One, for people to have fun, right? And two, to take the people who were too shy to get up and get people rocking and rolling with them. So I had two things that I would do. Every time someone came into the bar or into the club, wherever we were, I would turn to the door and say, everybody say hello. And everyone would turn around, hey, how's it going? And they'd have to welcome people into the bar. So right away, you're like loving it, right? And the second thing was it didn't matter how bad the person was singing, I made sure that somebody stood up and gave them a rock star welcome and said it was like, you, you might as well have been Bon Jovi on stage, right? And everyone was, like, yelling and screaming. So that was my whole goal is, like, get everyone feeling good about karaoke. It's not saying about the singing. It's all about the love. That was the uh, the slogan for the show. I love that because it brings people together, right? And we need stuff like that. I worked a, for many years. I worked top radio on what was then the Howard Stern L.A. affiliate. And it, I shot stuff, right? So it was all... I see it on my wife because she gained five pounds or my sister doesn't know I'm gay. It was all like tabloid TV kind of stuff. And my yeah. job was to listen to someone's story, make a joke about whatever they said, hang up on them and go to the next one. 
And after year after year after year of that, I realized that it made me very jaded about people. And in my early 20s, while trying to get my career off the ground, I had booked live music. That was my job. So I started booking a little place around the corner. These guys had bought a place, and it was really walking distance from my house, this little tiny pub. And I started booking some shows. And I, I realized what it was like, how people responded to the music, how they loved the drinks, they loved the pool table and the dartboard. And I thought, this is such a different atmosphere. I've been alone in a studio with a couple of people hearing about everybody's dysfunction and making folly of it. And now I'm hearing people are just loving every minute of being here. And it changed yep. me. And it made me realize how important that job is. Whatever entertainment you're bringing into, wherever you're bringing it, people need that entertainment to unwind from the stress and the anxiety of their everyday life. Absolutely, absolutely. And can I tell you something about dysfunction? Um, and mm. again, this is my goal is I want to help people if they think they have any kind of problems, right? Because they're not problems. They could be super, you know, your superhero power. I, one of the reasons that my show was different than everybody else was because there was no way in the world that I could keep track of who put in what songs at what time. Like, they, people would bring up their song requests and they'd say, okay, I want to sing this song after this guy, after this kind of time period. And I'm like, I can't do it. it. It didn't matter. So what I would do before every time I did a show is literally go out and collect all the song slips that people wanted to do. And I would look at them and I'd go, okay, this crowd is totally a rock and roll crowd. So I'd, I'd play the first couple of songs just to get the show going. And then all of a sudden I would say, I need somebody to sing the song. And it, and it might be like Bon Jovi, like Living on the Prayer. So he started out the song. Dun, 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 dun. And all of a sudden, I've got people running up to the stage. And I'm like, get going. And I'd be screaming, like, get the song going. And everyone would be up on stage. On the stage, they're like screaming and yelling. And some people get pissed off, right? They go like, when's my song coming up? And I'm like, dude, you're next. And I'd throw their song on. So what I ended up doing was DJing karaoke because I couldn't keep order of the song, so I was dysfunctional at it, but it worked for me. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. It's a lot to keep track of, right? And at the time when you used CDs, it was a lot of stuff to queue up. Now I think everything being um, yep. automated with computers makes it a lot easier, but it was a hard gig then. You had to really be on it. And a lot of times the host engineered everything, and then they got up and they also hosted and they sang, and it's a lot. It was a total, it was a lot, a lot, you know. And then people would, um, you know, they've got your certain songs. I don't know if you know karaoke culture, but when you go to a new karaoke bar, you kind of have to sit and wait and see who's there and who's singing what, and you have to kind of wait your turn because every bar has a different feel to it. Like you go into this one bar, and My Way is sung by uh, Bruce. That is his song. Nobody else gets to sing that song, no matter what. On this other bar, someone else sings My Way, but not Bruce, okay? And you have to be cognizant of that as a host when you go from place to place because you've got people that are following you, and when they get there, you already have the song queued up because you know that's their song. Yeah, that's a lot of ego, though, to deal with. It, it is. It's a lot, and, you know, it's... The thing about it is everyone in their bar knows everybody else, right? It's that whole everybody knows your name kind of thing, right? But when you sure, when sure. you go to a different bar, you don't know what's going on. So you kind of have to, like, learn their culture if you're going to be there and be cool, and especially if you're, like, 
the you know like you're the rock star singer and you know you're going to blow people away with your song, you kind of just have to bide yeah. your time, wait till the host calls you, and then it's you. <laughs> yeah, I knew somebody once who used to. Um, their little game was some the the host would say, "Have you ever been here? Have you ever done this before? Um, ever been here before?" And then they would say, "No," and so the truth was they'd never been to that place before, but they were a professional singer. And then they would get up and rock the shit out of something, and and people would get mad. The host would get mad because yeah. it's almost like a pool shark, right? Oh, I don't really yep. know how to play. I'll bet you $100. Well, you know, the opposite and, of that also happens, right? Because you'll have people that go like, oh, my God, my friend sings like Whitney Houston. That right there is like the clue that they can't sing at all. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, it just means, you know, put them up, grin bear it, and have everyone clap for them. It doesn't matter. And, you know, it turns out to be okay. Because yeah. I think karaoke, for the most part, if you can get into a karaoke bar where the host actually knows the crowd and knows how to make the, the night go, it's a super fun experience. Whether you sing or not, whether you get up in the group or not, whether all you do all night is you sing your one song and that thing goes tequila, you know, that's it. Um, it's just fun, you know. And I have people get together, it gets people out of their shells. It's an amazing time. And I never would have thought it before I started, like, doing it and then hosting it. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Have you always leaned towards the arts? Have you always been an artistic person, a creative uh, yeah. person? Yeah. I was the black sheep of the family. So instead of doing anything business-wise, I decided to major in music, you know. And um, uh-huh. I played clarinet, sax flute, you know, did a double major for a while then got out of it because music for me got to be too political. It didn't matter how good you were. If you weren't like, you know, in college, if you weren't the seniors or the graduate students, you weren't sitting first chair, you're going to sit back and play third chair, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I just got out of it so it would be fun. So I taught myself to play piano and got into the rock bands. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you still play? Do you still play music? Are you still in bands? Um, I probably could, but I haven't done it in years, you know. My my goal is to get back into it one day. One day, um, yeah, you miss it, right? Life. I miss it. I, I do, I do miss it, and it would just be so cool to get out and play again, and maybe travel a little bit on the weekends. Um, depends on if we have roadies or not, because you know, lifting up equipment just isn't my gig anymore. <laughs> uh oh, no, it's just I I see how much equipment. My first club that I ever booked, we bought the PA system, we bought the lights. My boyfriend hooked all the lights up. Uh, he ran sound every night. I booked the band. Um, I look back now and I think, man, that was a lot of work. Every time something broke, we had to fix it. Every time somebody broke a speaker out or um, one time I had this band play and it was uh, the singer punched out all the lights and threw up on the stage. So I had to replace all those expensive light bulbs. I had to clean the stage up. I mean, it, it, it was a lot, and and so the longer I book music, and I book music for twenty five years full time, the less I brought in and did myself, because it just became right. too much. Like, you know, when you're twenty three and you've never done it, you're like, I'm going to be great at this, but yeah. after a while, it just becomes a lot. So yeah, if I was to book music again, it would have to be someplace that already had everything set up and ready to go, and all I had to do was bring talent in. But I miss it. I think about it. I think about doing it. As a matter of fact, I own the URL, Music Raises the Vibration, and also oh. Laughter Raises the Vibration, and Theater Raises the Vibration. 
pre-COVID, I had this idea that I was going to do charity plays, um, comedy nights, and music nights, all based around um, the idea of raising the vibration. So, why, why wouldn't you still do that? That is like, and first of all, you've got the whole raising the vibration thing going on, so why not just go oh, with it and, and, I, like, and do I it? Will, once things open up more and, and COVID's a little in the past and people are more comfortable doing things, um, yeah. I will absolutely do that. And uh, Absolutely. Um, when I was booking my, my radio show, four times a year I used to broadcast live from the Hollywood Improv and pack out the club. It was so much fun. And I changed the name of that show uh, to Laughter Raises the Vibration after a while so I could tie it into the nonprofit. So eventually yeah. everything will get tied into the nonprofit, but it's a process, right? But yeah, I mean, I, I miss I miss that feeling of booking live music. I miss how great it was and how much people loved it and booking comedy. I love the excitement and energy of being out there. You know, it was a lot of fun. I think it is. I think you know, as far as booking, because I used to book a place in uh, Dallas, um, just doing the uh, with nothing huge, but I got to book all the bands and have them come into this uh, place called Buzz Bruce, which was actually really cool. And um, I met so many people. And again, it was almost like the karaoke, but I mean, it was live band. I wasn't performing, but I wanted to bring in people who wanted to perform and just didn't have a way to do it, but they could be good or they were good, and I wanted to encourage them to keep going. Um, Because sometimes you'll hear like some of the the guys come in and they'll be like, oh, I've got this song, I wrote it yesterday, and I kind of want to perform it for somebody. And they're afraid to do it, but they want to do it. They just need somebody to say, you know what? Let's just hear it, okay? Let's let's do it at open mic tonight, and if you're good, we'll book you some other time. And you get them up there playing their song, and again, get people to listen and applaud for them and just give them feedback. And I think that is, like, to me, one of the best things that I could do for somebody. And that's not just BSing them, because you don't want to go, yeah, did you're, oh, great, you're the best, but they sound, like, you know, horrible. Um, but there's something right. you can tell people. Right. Yeah, everybody I booked, I'd find a place for. Even if they did the the seven o'clock slot or they did the twelve o'clock midnight slot, I never told anybody, "No, I'm not going to book you," unless there was some kind of a behavioral problem or the guy who threw up on the stage. I didn't have him back. But okay. for the most part, um, no, I I always uh, um, if if you came to me for a gig, I would find you one. I wouldn't guarantee you anybody's going to be there with the bartender and the and the sound guy, but I'll let you play yeah, because everybody yeah. needs that opportunity, right? They do. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I played L.A., I played uh, Chicago, I played Dallas, and each of those towns has a different booking vibe, right? Like when I was in L.A., and it's been, what, five years now since I was there and helping my friend book gigs, L.A. was all about we'll book you if you can bring a crowd. If, and also, right, by sure. the way, you have to pay us up front to book you, and you've got to pay the bar, and you've got to do all this stuff, right? Um, right so right. you're basically paying for your own entertainment. <laughs> right, but right, in, yeah. In Chicago, it was completely different, right? Like, we we were expecting to have to actually, you know, do the whole L.A. thing. But no, it's like, oh, dude, I need a band tonight. I'll pay you like 50, okay, 100 bucks. And it's like unheard of in L.A., <laughs> Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, the thing about L.A. was, though, and I, and I did both kind of shows. Cause a lot of times people would say to me, well, we really want to play the whiskey or we want to play the Rossi. It's like, okay, well, here's the thing. If I'm dishing out, you know, $3,000 out of my pocket to rent this club, you're going to guarantee you're going to bring people. 
Right. Because sometimes people, sometimes people book a show and they blow it off and they don't even promote it. And so that's fine if I'm just sitting there at a club that I don't have to pay for. But if I have yep. to pay a lot of money for a club, you got to help. And I think it's important. And, and you know, uh, bands would say, well, we don't have money for flyers and we don't have money for this. And I'm like, yeah, but you always have money for beer. Right. So <laughs> secretly you, you do have money for all of that. You just don't want to have money for it. But it's really important that, that I kind of felt like um, booking bands was also like I was a maternal figure and it was kind of a, a learning experience. And it wasn't just about booking them. It was also about teaching them how to kind of work their own business. Thank you. That you can't bring nothing and do nothing and expect that all these people are going to come because you're so wonderful. They don't even know who you are. Correct. So I felt it was sort of my spiritual duty to help them to realize how to build their own business as well. I started yep. out, um, I was an actor, and then I, when I was in college, I did a video of a bunch of characters um, kind of inspired by how much I loved Whoopi Goldberg's special. And I just would send a little snippet of each of these characters out with my resumes when I, when I auditioned for things. And I wound up getting public access shows. And that people would come and they'd ask Sheena Metal to come and be on this. And the first show I ever did was called Dino and Rocco's Back Alley. And it was these two guys from Jersey who ate pizza the whole time. And their guest spot was literally a toilet. I sat on a toilet and made these guys laugh. No way. And from that, the guys who ran the cable company that, you know, managed the cable company said, hey, you know what? You should do your own show. And that's how I started. So when I had that show, I bicycled tapes all over. We aired all over the country. And I used to ask my cast members to dress up in our heavy metal costumes like our characters. And I would fill buckets full of bite-sized candy, and each one had a flyer stuck to it. We would walk up and down Sunset Boulevard. That was before they, they passed the city ordinance that you couldn't loiter on the street. And those right. streets would be six, seven people thick with rockers every night. We would walk up and down the street and pass out candy and pass out flyers. And soon, like, all these people were watching my show because I got See, out that, there. And that's what you have to teach the musicians. Said, Right. Anybody can make it with what they're doing. But you've got yep. to get out there. And the getting mm-hmm. out there is even more important than the talent. Because this world is full of talented people that are doing nothing with their talent. Oh, man. Where were you when I was doing my Embrace Your Snake show? That is absolutely so, so true. It's like, and the thing about it is most artists, I'm going to um, we'll pick on musicians for a minute since we're talking about them, think that, like you said, um, I can make it. All you have to do is just give me the right break. And what I say to people is, you don't even understand. If I gave you a break to play um, the Orange Bowl in, in Miami, you wouldn't know how to act because playing in a bar and, try, and communicating with your drummer, who's like five feet from you at the most, is different than when you've got a drummer that's 20 feet away from you and you have no idea if they're even playing the same thing unless you've got your, your, your earphones in, right, your, your um, uh, in-ear monitors in. And it's, there's a learning process and a curve that comes with being a musician uh, and with the, or with anything. You know, even when I was doing photography, you know, I couldn't do the gigs that I did at the end when I first started. You know, you have to learn how to work the crowd. You have to learn how to be in the right place. You'd have to learn how to take the shots and know that that shot's coming right before this next shot comes, that sort of stuff. And you can't do it until you've built your business and until you've had enough experience. Yeah, yeah, 
Right, exactly. And it, and it yeah. feels good to actually make something out of what you want to do. Yeah. I um but you have to do it. Yeah, there's a learning curve and there it, it, I hate that it sounds so snide or cynical or whatever, but there are dues to pay, not because people are holding you back, but because you don't know. <laughs> you know, you just you have right. to yeah. you have to learn it first. You have to mess up first, and then you actually get to do what you think you want to do, and you still have to run the business at the same time. Absolutely. Well, and folks that make it very easily or very young without having to pay those dues, then oftentimes somewhere in the middle of their career, they have a huge crisis and have to learn how to build themselves up all over again, like many of my friends who are former very famous child actors, right? Mm -hmm. It, it, It came so easy for them in the beginning because, not for their parents' work, but for them, if they just showed up on the set and became famous. But then in their 20s or their 30s, they had to rebuild themselves. Yes. And, um, you know, there, there's no escaping life lessons. Everybody no. comes here with gifts, and everybody comes here with challenges. And you're never going to get over having to do the work because that's kind of the whole thing about being alive on this planet is doing the work. I think so. And people think I mean, they're going to get out of it. But there is no getting out of it. Mm-mm. No. The only getting out of it might be death, and even then you probably, depending on what you believe, still have more to learn. <laughs> right, exactly. And I always say, um, why would you want to? Why would you want to get out of it? No, you know, I don't. Um, doing the work and making your life wonderful, that's the joy of being alive, right? I agree. The I've done so many things, right? And I wish I could do them all at the same time, you know. I've done the music. I've done the um, the photography. I've done um, the, the teaching indoor cycling lessons. I've done that, and that was a, a fun thing. And, you know, right now I've got a whole company that's about, you know, doing marketing for um, psychics. Um, and it's just an amazing process of all these things you get to learn and do and be. Um, I don't know why people would not want to do something extraordinary or different or helpful with their lives. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. And and why they wouldn't want the work. It's the work is the fun. I mean the really sweating for something you love. I mean that's what makes you really feel like you're alive, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean it I people have come to me before, you know, and they're like, Michael, you get to do all these cool fun things and they say, Well I can't and I'm like can you just have to want to do it, you know. Do you want to be a photographer or do you want to stay at your 9 to 5? And they go, but I have kids. And I'm like, do you want to be a photographer or do you want to stay at your 9 to 5? And I'm, it, there is a point where you have to go, like, this is what's important to me. This will actually help me grow. This will help my family. But right now I've got to stop worrying about making money and I need to worry about living a life. Um, so I'm absolutely the worst person to talk to if everyone if someone says should I keep this job because my answer will always be no if you're not happy no um, it, it doesn't matter if you have bills to pay there will always be bills to pay right so there's always the opportunity for you to take what you love um, what you really want to do and turn it into the next big thing or the next big thing for you it doesn't have to be. I've got to go to work, I've got to get up, I've got to do the kids, I've got to go, go eat, 
come home, do it again. I just don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's interesting. You know, it's like, um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, finish your thought because I'm going to take us in a different direction. Oh, well, I, I'm all about different directions. Go go right on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what what are you hoping to achieve with this new show? Um, the new show, the um, A Funny Way of Looking, is really yeah. about, um, uh, you know, exploring life from an op- optimistic kind of perspective and then bringing hope to the world for people that feel disheartened. Like, seriously, that's it. And I've had all kinds of people on that show, like literally from uh, people who've become world champion Mario players to um, uh, we have have had witches, we've had psychics, we've had herbalists, we've had um, photographers, uh, we've had musicians, and it's all about people who have gotten out and they either are living their dream or helping other people live their dream or they're bringing something phenomenal to the world, you know? Like you, you're bringing like a message to people. You actually get out and you say, you know what, this is my vision of how the world should be and I'd love to share it with you and you show your vision to people, right? Um, Yeah. I've got herbalists on who are like, you know what, you don't always have to take um, these Western medicines. There are other herbs, other things that you can do to make your health better. There is a better way to do um, water. I have a, a lady coming on who's going to be talking about different kinds of water that make you feel good. And you go like, water? What's that? And it's like, well, it's natural. It makes you feel good. You don't have to pay a lot of money for it. That sort of stuff. So, uh, and then we get back to the psychics, the witches. Um, people are, people want help. They want someone to listen to them. And the witches and psychics a lot of time are right there to help with those sorts of things. Um, and even if you don't believe, if you're stone cold, you know, we'll just go with agnostic um, and don't believe any of this stuff, just having someone listen to you can oftentimes get people up and moving and moving toward where they should be. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have such a voice, people who have shows, right, to yeah. to do anything that we want with them, to share anything that we want, to, to move the world in any way that we can. And... Um, um, and I think that's There's, such an important thing. It's something to take so seriously now. Yeah. I think, if you know, it's so funny because, like, everyone would go like, oh, my gosh, I want to be like XYZ star, right? I want to interview the stars. I want to interview the biggest people in the world. But you want to know what? There's only a, so many of those people, but there are amazing people right around us every day. Um, there's a guy down the street for me. We have a um, local dump, literally, like where you go, you dump your trash. He started working there a few years ago, and what he does now is he has literally taken stuff from the dump, made the dump beautiful, and he puts up decorations on all the holidays from the trash that people throw out, and people come up and go, like, oh, can I have this now? And it's like, well, yeah, as soon as the holiday's over, you can have all this kind of stuff or whatever. But he's taken what people consider trash, and he's made a name for himself uh, just as the guy who makes the dump a beautiful place and a place to go and you don't feel bad when you get there. That, to me, is no different than somebody who's got, you know, a million followers on 
whatever TV show or on Facebook or whatever that's talking to that to those people. And this guy might actually be more impactful, right? Because his community goes yeah. like, I love that guy. I agree. I agree. And isn't it wonderful that we have that opportunity? And isn't it great that because of COVID, which was such a terrible thing and a tragic thing, right, that yep. we now understand that we can do anything virtually if we want to, and it's not a lesser than thing. It's not cooler to be in a studio than it is to be at home. Um, it's, it's totally okay to get your voice out there any way that you want. I think a lot of the stereotype around, because I remember when people used to say to me, like, um, oh, what channel are you on? And I'd say, well, it's on the Internet. They'd go, uh, or, you know, <laughs> what, do you have a studio? And, and, you know, for years I worked for a station that went down because of COVID that, that had a studio. And still it was like, um, you know, this whole idea. Now I'm glad I'm not in a studio. I'm glad I can work from where I am. And when I started my new um, Sheena Metal Experience show on KGRA, in January, um, where I took that show and brought it to KGRA and made it the video format, it was the first time I ever did something that I was doing from home or online, so to speak, that I didn't feel like I had to apologize for beforehand. So I, I thank the COVID pandemic because bad things always come out of good things, right, for changing Absolutely. the way that we think about that. Yeah, I, I would say if you want to change the world. Stop looking at the negative. I stopped listening to the news. You know, I mean, you have to catch it sometimes, right, because you're online. But think about what you want to do. And for me, during COVID, that's when I started one of my other, other programs. Um, and it, and this, a funny way of looking grew out of that pro, uh, other program into what it is now. So it has been, for many people, COVID has been an awakening, right, because uh, we didn't know we could work from home. We didn't know that we could, like, raise the family and play with the kids part of the day and then work another part of the day and then um, not have to go to an office. And then, of course, you know, yeah. your boss is like, eh, don't have to pay for travel anymore. We're saving some money. <laughs> well, and I don't think the world's ever going to go back the way it was. I think it's always going to be a hybrid thing now. I think it, the world has just changed now. And it, it was already sort of creeping in that direction, and now it's just sort of, um, hell bet for leather chasing in that direction but yes, it still it is. is definitely in that direction and I, yes. I think that's a beautiful thing I feel very I think it's wonderful I think it's given a lot of people a chance to have a voice that wouldn't have had a chance to have a voice before and I I think it's uh, thrilling and I think it's also given people who don't have a whole lot of money to put into a show the availability the, the opportunity to feel like they have a voice and I think that's really wonderful so I'm yep. kind of just all about it, and um, I love doing your show. I love the uh, questions you asked me. You were so smart and so sharp, and you're you're such a beautiful voice. You have such a beautiful soul. Um, oh, thank you. And I know you asked me this question about blending Christianity and magic. So I'm yes, going to ask you now, what was it like for you when you started working with witches? Was it weird? I mean, how did you grow up? Was that an okay thing? And uh, how did the whole... I work for witches come into your life. <laughs> you know what? It's uh, For me, working with the um, – I started with psychics, um, and, it's again, it's from L.A. I've got to maybe move back to L.A. Hmm. Um, it, it started in L.A. I had built an app uh, that was basically a 
uh, it was a business card that you used on your phone, and you could you send your business card to anyone else just by having them basically go to a website. And one of the clients that I had sent me over to a psychic in, uh, in Los Angeles, and she liked what I did, so I built one for her. And then I actually worked on her online bigger website, and at the same time I was doing some uh, Facebook uh, marketing. So it turned out that uh, she wanted to do Google advertising, and she knew a lady in New York who did Google. And I'm like, well, I don't do Google. I don't think it's doing well right now for what you want to do. So go ahead and talk with her. And I decided, you know what, let me call up the lady in, um, uh, in New York, and her name was Cindy. And I talked to Cindy, and I said, hey, you know, I see you're working with my client over on uh, Google. And she says, yeah, but a lot of my clients want to work with Facebook, and I don't do Facebook. And I'm like, hmm, serendipitous. Okay. So she said, here, I've got a client for you. Why don't you try doing something on um, Facebook, and let's see what happens. So I took it. It took about you know, a week for me to get things set up. And then I called her up, and I said, hey, I'm getting about you know 30 leads a day for uh, the psychic. And at that point, she dropped her mouth and was like, dropped her jaw and said, you're doing what? I said, yeah, I'm getting like 30 leads a day. And she's like, okay, here, try another one. So I got another one and another 30 leads a day per psychic. And they're really spending like 20 bucks a day. So if you figure 20 bucks a day, 30 leads, if you're any good at selling, you're going to sell some people some of your services and it's paying for itself. So over the next couple of years, I started working with um, multiple psychics, right? And at this point, it wasn't that I was, you know, uh, saying to myself, okay, uh, I believe what the psychics can do. I know what they can do. It wasn't like that. It was just straight-up business, right? Now, what really started to make a lot more sense wasn't just the psychics, but it was when I started working with the witches because the witches are super cool, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, They've got their whole deal going on. They've got a lot of back history. Not that the psychics don't. But somehow I just kind of gelled with what the witches were saying, right? And um, right. just learning more about, okay, so now we've got tarot involved. We've got um, uh, clairaudience involved. We've got uh, clairvoyance. We've got all these other things that um, maybe the psychics weren't doing. And then we have people who are saying, well, this might happen to you. And I'm like, yeah, it might, might not. And then something started happening. So it started being more than just coincidence, right? So it was more of, hmm, maybe I can just, like, listen a little bit, learn a little bit, and see what is going on with all the uh, extra normal, paranormal things that are happening around us in the world. Because it's not that everything is happening by accident. Lots and lots of things are happening. You just have to be aware that they're out there and happening. So that's kind of how I got into it, right? I love that. I love that. And and it's and were you raised that that was all okay? Um, I wasn't discouraged from it. Um, before both of my parents okay. passed away, you know, um, I was telling them, yeah, I'm working with psychics, and I'm pretty sure they didn't go to church to say, yeah, our kids working with psychics, but <laughs> um, but they didn't discourage it. You know, they were like, okay, see what happens. You're making money at it. You're having fun with it. Go with it. So. I was not discouraged away from the psychics, and it's interesting because I have to look at, and the other thing that happens, it wasn't just psychics, but it's multiple religions, right? Like I've had people on A Funny Way of Looking who um, practice multiple religions, and the biggest thing that I found is that 
every religion has overlap with other ones, right? And you look at what everyone wants, which is basically peace, love, and harmony, and how do you get there? And, you know, my religion says get there this way, yours says get there that way. They overlap more than people think. And if you can stop and listen to other people, you'll see that, you know, not everybody's an outsider. They're pretty much the same path. I completely agree. That's the thing that I think is so wonderful about um, being an interfaith minister is that everybody's included in interfaith. And I can't imagine any other way. I don't think I would want anything where everybody wasn't included. Yeah. It's, there's no reason to cut somebody out. The worst thing that could happen is you listen and you disagree. Okay? Yeah. Um, but, well, I mean, I guess some things could happen because you might have someone that's super radical and the super radical, are it's our way or the highway, you know, and if you don't go our way, there's punishment that happens. So there, there is that. Right. But as far as the overall beliefs, a lot of people believe the exact same thing and they just worship it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. I totally agree. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. And I, I think that's so beautiful. Um, what are you hoping to do with the show? I mean, what is your goal? I don't mean like that in a weird business plan way, but I mean, how many people would, how would you like, who would you like to reach with it? What are you hoping people will do because they know it's out there? Like, how do you want it to make a difference in the world? I want to, here's what would happen. Every day somebody comes on the show or every time we do a show, somebody comes on and they have a different way of looking at X, Y, or Z. For example, let's just be simple. Somebody comes on and they talk about herbs and how herbs relax you or oils, essential oils relax you, right? And if somebody out there is super stressed and they go like, oh, my gosh, I heard this program on on uh, Facebook or on YouTube, and it talked about how I could use essential oils just to relax. So I'm going to go try making a lavender pillow, put it on my forehead at night, and I'm going to sleep better. And if that helps them sleep a little bit better and relieve their stress, the show has done its job. You know what I mean? If yeah. Every day Beautiful. I could reach out to somebody new and help them either fulfill a goal, feel better about themselves, help somebody else. That's what I want to do. The show's not about me at all. I'm simply a, let's use the word vessel, you know, to get the word out to other people. Yeah. And that's what I want. Yeah, I love that. That's so wonderful. And it really is kind of your higher human purpose, right? I think, I think in life, we have a lot of talents, we have a lot of gifts, we have a lot of things that we just naturally are good at, and we use those things to make our place in the world. And then somewhere along the line, we discover what is our higher human purpose. I agree. And I, then we realize I, all along that's what we always should have been doing, but you have to do the other things to build yourself up to be ready for that um, spiritual reveal, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, my spiritual reveals have come through a lot of getting my butt kicked, starting up multiple businesses and having them um, taken away or fail, Um, just doing the things that it takes to understand how you help other people. Because I've always said my goal in life is to help other people reach their potential. And I suppose to help people do that, I have to reach whatever my potential is to yeah. be able to deliver that message. And that's what I'm working on me personally. I think the show is actually very selfish of me, you know, because like no, I told you, I said. It's very connected. 
I think it's how you think as an evolved and connected person. As you are raising up your vibration, you're helping others to do the same, and that's what we're all supposed to be doing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I love doing. I think the um, the show is my vehicle. It really is. I'm so happy that I fell into it or found it or however we want to look at it, but the show is an amazing gift for me. It's amazing also in that... Um, the people that I'm working with are absolutely phenomenal, and I can't wait to make this bigger and lift them up and be able to provide them and their families with more of the things that they want, whether it's money or travel or um, being able to support their kids or go to school or whatever. I want to be able to help people do that. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. That's just so yeah. wonderful. Um, what can you, you keep the shows uh, short. What is the decision behind that? Because you can see my shows are like it. Oh, well, the reason I keep the, sh- well, the, the show short right now is because <laughs> I, just, I, so I started short. it as a uh, lunchtime show. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, one of my personal goals is I want it to get on and be able to do a TED Talk. And TED Talks are only 18 minutes, right? So oh, wow. Okay. They did these... Um, studies and they found out that like 18 minutes you should be able to get the main the salient points across to your audience in that amount of time with your graphics with your talking with your body language everything and I'm like you know what I want to do a TED talk type show at lunchtime so people have time to go like I want to listen to Michael today who's got on and that's why I did 18 minutes you know and it, it work it works out and also people if you see like a two-hour show, people are going to go like, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> so that, that, those are the reasons right there. Not to mention I also want to do I'm a test in Spanish. I'm still an hour because I'm old school radio. But I love doing yours, and I love that it was short. I thought it was going to be not fulfilling, and it was fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I told Something you this because you, you, you've been doing this like, way longer than I have, and there's lots that you can teach me and I can learn from you. So don't think I don't uh, – I have your phone number, like, on speed dial. It's right there. <laughs> nice. I love that story. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll be calling uh, I think you up for advice. Where can people find you online? And um, will you come back and we'll do this again? I would love it. Okay. Yeah, they can find us online at uh, a funny way of looking, a afunnywayoflooking.com. That's the best way and easiest way to find us. The show airs on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays on Facebook, and pretty soon it will be on um, probably Twitch and YouTube for sure. And um, we'll probably do some live stuff on TikTok. But for right now, just go to the website. You'll see the shows. You'll see all the past shows, and hit us up there. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. My wonderful new friend, Michael Jackson, I hope you had as much fun as I did, my friend. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. If you missed any of those links, uh, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's how you find out about me and everything I'm doing, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Um, and you can find me everywhere on social media at SheenaMetal. Until I see you next time, my friends, every Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration and know that you are love and you are loved. I'll see you next time. I love you all so much. I'll see you next Tuesday. Please get in touch with me. I would love it. 
I'm Sheena Metal, and this is Raising the Vibration. Right here on Live Paranormal, iHeartRadio, and all of our affiliates. We'll see you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.